Plans for the plumber's 35th anniversary revealed. The eShop is raining cats and dogs, and Night Trap haunts our dreams. This is Super Nintendads. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Super Nintendads Entertainment Podcast. Three episodes already. That's it. That quick. And that a was- pocket. And a, and a pocket episode, which I hope people enjoyed, because I didn't, because I don't like Dr. Mario. <laughs> I know, and you were very clear about that. Yep. Who do you got there with you? Gabe is here with me, back by popular demand. Hey, Gabe. Gabe my son. Hello. He is uh, here to talk about Night Trap this week as we, uh, as we dig in. Oh, the uh, grotesque, brutal disgusting, violent night trap that you subjected your son to? Yeah. Yep. Father of the year. Father uh, of the year. What do you think? How you Have you recovered from all of this violence you've seen, Gabe? It's not even violent. <laughs> Fair enough. The most, the most violent thing in the entire game is the trap on the hall two on the top floor with uh, vampire guys falling into the uh, fire. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty great, isn't it? It's it's something, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna really get into it later. So, yeah, we're gonna have time for that soon enough. But right now, let's get into it. This is eight bits. Number one, rumor watch. According to sources familiar with Nintendo's plans, ports are on the way from multiple classic Mario titles for the plumber's 35th anniversary. 35 already. Wow. Yeah. 35 years young. 35. <laughs> Potential re-releases include 1997 Super Mario 64, 2002 Super Mario Sunshine, and 2007's Super Mario Galaxy, as well as the Wii U's Super Mario 3D World with new content. It's exciting. Yeah, but I'd rather have, like, I want someone to do something really weird with Mario. I don't know what it is yet, but I really want it to be, like, just totally different. You know, right. like, like um, you know, like Paper Mario was. Just totally yeah. take him into something, do something really weird with him. Well, you know, um, bunched into this rumor is also a potential rumor that they are announcing a new Paper Mario, which could be kind of revolutionary take on Paper Mario. Yeah, I'll but I agree that. with you. I'm always up for seeing the plumber do something new. But I will say I love Super Mario Galaxy 2. I think it's probably one of my favorite of all of them. And I'd love to play it without the Wiimote. Okay. So if they can remaster it on the Switch without having to shake that Wiimote to grab the stars and all of that, then and I love Super Mario Sunshine. I'm happy to play that again because it's been a really long time. I'm just wondering, do you think we're going to get like an all-star version of this or you think they're all going to be released individually? Individually. I think it just makes too much money for them. Yeah, fair enough. Number two, another rumor watch. Another rumor watch. It's a double rumor watch. It seems like development for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has been smooth sailing. According to Trusted Insiders, in a soon-to-be-released trailer for the anticipated sequel, Link and Zelda are seen boarding a boat and heading to an island off in the distance. Could Wind Waker mechanics be making a comeback? I hope so. Me too. I like Wind Waker. I like it a lot. So if they want to throw me in a boat, that's fine. I just don't want it to break. I don't want to collect planks to keep it from degrading. Um Please don't make some kind of boat mechanic that I have to keep the thing afloat. Um, just let right. me sail. Just let me I sail. Fe- I fear we're probably in for some sort of degradable boat, but I do like the idea of kind of building a boat, right? Maybe they start us with a raft and we beat a bunch of shrines and get upgrades for it. And next thing you know, we're blazing around on a jet ski. Sure. I mean, there's a motorcycle in Breath of the Wild 1, so a jet ski and cigarette boat in Breath of the Wild 2 isn't really all that far off. I would love it to just be like a like a Trojan horse for like a wave race sequel. <laughs> exactly, yeah, wave, wave race uh, switch. Gabe, did you play uh, Wind Waker? Yeah, um, when I used to play it when I was little, I remember there was this like castle level or pirate mm. ship. and. Pirate ship. You could like swing from ropes and stuff. I remember it being like the funnest thing ever. 
Yeah, the it had really good physics to it, and this you know the cell shading. And now in revisionist history, people love Windraker, but at the time, people really did not like the fact that they went away from kind of getting more and more realistic. But I always love the cell shading. And the funny thing is, is you look at what would be realistic back then, and it looks terrible now. You look yeah. at the cell shading now, and it still looks incredible. Yep, holds up. So yeah, they they nailed it with that. Number three, it's adapt or die time for Niantic. Due to coronavirus and social distancing guidelines, the Pokemon Go creator is adapting their revolutionary software to encourage players to stay indoors and play from home. Tweaks include tracking indoor steps, steps taken on a treadmill, speeding up incubation time for eggs, and more. This doesn't do much for me. Um, I don't play this. I don't play Pokemon. I like the series, but I never got into it. Um, I like all the art. I like the community around it. I get excited when there's a launch. Um, I just don't really like it that much. I loved it when it first started, but it was kind of time and place for me because my son was in that walk around the neighborhood in a stroller stage. So it was just something for me to do while he slept and I walked him around the town. Right. Um, And it was exciting. I actually really liked, I was, I remember being in taxis using it and trying to figure out, you know, different ways of getting ones that I couldn't find. And it was a lot of fun, but you know, I definitely stop playing it very early on. I just think it's great that the company is doing whatever it takes to stay relevant in a time where the most important part of your software is to be outside. And that worked. I mean, it was really great. These little communities that popped up of people being outside. Yeah. Well, I mean, people can't go near folks, so they had to make a change. Yeah, that's great. Number four, everything Nintendo is in short supply. Mm -hmm. Last week, we discussed the Ring Fit being in such high demand that it's led to extreme price gouging, and now the Nintendo Switch has soared past 62% in price on Amazon. Coronavirus continues to affect new shipments from Asia. We can only expect this disappointing trend to continue. Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer, but also not a surprise. Uh, As soon as we get through this, things will go back to normal. I still want my Ring Fit. There's still a crisp Ben Franklin in it for anyone who... (laughs) (laughs) Right. Who wants to meet us behind the Walmart or the Target or the shady location of their choice. Um, And we'll do the cash for Ring Fit Exchange. Um, Email superintendents at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, if there's, you know, two of them, I'll certainly take one as well. There you go. Two crisp Ben Franklins. Number five, a recent Switch update allows you to remap your buttons. Do with them as you please. Patch notes for version 10.0.0 include callouts for bookmarking news items and transferring software data between the system memory and an SD card, finally. Yeah, great. That's not that exciting. Hey, Gabe, back off the mic because you sound like Gandolfini in season six. (laughs) You hear me, Gabe? Yes. That's Tiny Soprano over there. We got Tiny Soprano. You're breathing heavy and moving and we can hear everything you're doing into the mic. I can hear your clothes moving. I can hear you breathing. It's <laughs> like the invisible man. I yeah. can hear his clothes moving. I can hear your clothes moving. You know what? I'll say this about number five here. Bookmarking news items has to be the worst feature I've ever heard of an update. Well, you're not going to go back and read old Nintendo news? <laughs> right. You know, the one thing that everybody wants on their Switch is folders. Just give me a place where I can actually organize things. No, 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 no. I want to go back in two years and 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 read that news article about <laughs> right, the captain, right. the new Captain Toad level. That's what, that's <laughs> exactly. what I want to do. Captain Toad, right? Exactly. Yeah, another another kind of bummer of a switch update. Hopefully, the next one coming down the pipeline is a bit more exciting. Ten should have well, been big, Nintendo. Yeah, they did add Animal Crossing profile pictures, so uh, that's very important. That's something. Everyone I like themes. I, you know what? They should be doing more themes. You should be able to go to the eShop and buy themes for your Switch. It's a total revenue stream that they're wasting. I know that PlayStation has to make tons off of it. Yeah. Number six, Pure Xbox shared a story about a disabled gamer who's been using Xbox adaptive controller to play Animal Crossing. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, called it inspiring. Now, this is by far my favorite story concerning the Microsoft Nintendo romance. Like we always say, gaming is for everyone. Yeah, this is great. It's a sweet story. Um, You know, there's plenty of people out there for gaming companies to go after. There's no reason to be cutthroat. There's no reason to be selfish or secretive. 
uh, share your stuff and help people out and, and, and keep people playing. I think it's agreed. great. Yeah. Agreed. Number seven, folks are busting out their Wii sensor bars. I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> According to a Nintendo enthusiast with so many finding themselves to be under pseudo house arrest, people are looking for ways to stay entertained. Some folks are even turning to none other than Wii Sports. Resale prices have been on the rise since February. Okay. It makes so? sense, though. I mean, you last week talked about Nintendo's Blue Ocean strategy of trying to be appealing to everyone, and there's nothing more appealing to everyone than bowling and tennis on the Wii. Yeah, those. I mean, that was great. Those were great games. I had a lot of fun. Uh, all ages, uh, you know, that stuff yeah. I played with, with, with my parents. Um, right. And the thing you have to remember is like when we look at remasters and things of that nature, they're not for us. They're for people who didn't experience them. Sure. And again, this is one of those things that I think falls into that place. Like my five-year-old son wasn't even alive when we were playing tennis and swinging our Wiimotes towards the TV. Um, And I think you'd get a kick out of it. So I might just have to bring that Wii U down from the attic again. Jesus. Just leave it there. No, no, no. It's coming down. Number eight. No, 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 no. Leave it. (laughs) No, no, no. Number eight. Finally, according to Nintendo Life, an ultra rare Game & Watch build is up for auction. Yes. It dates back. Yeah, you're Mr. Game & Watch for real. I I am. I'm Mr. Game & Watch. (laughs) Yes. I'd I'd be Mrs. Game & Watch if I could. You could be both. It's 2020. Why not? I can be whatever I want. I can be any kind of game and any kind of watch and any kind of gender on any kind of spectrum I want to be. And I, for one, am looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) So this Game & Watch build dates back to before Nintendo was involved with the series and Mago made the machine. The unit actually plays a fully working version of Vermin, one of the 60 or so Game & Watch games that were available at the time. The price is currently at $575 and Mike would love to get his hands on this machine. And now it's time for our eShop of Horrors, where Mike and I give each other games to review from the eShop, and usually Mike gives me something terrible, and I try to give him something great. But this week, we have a special section called Gabe's Bargain Bin to look forward to as well. That's right. Now, Mike, you actually were kind to me this week. You gave me Doggerai, which is heavily inspired by Game Boy games. And as you, of course, know, Game Boy and... Portable gaming is kind of my wheelhouse. Uh, My largest collection is of portable Nintendo games. And this felt really on the mark for me. Great. I I mean, I I felt bad that I've given you some real turd sandwiches over the last couple of weeks. And I I wanted you to try to have a little fun with this one. Well, we scraped the turds for, you know, some treasure underneath with the other weeks. But this one was, yeah, this was perfect for me. Uh, again, so Doggerai, uh, developed by Hungry Bear. Uh, I'm going to just read the kind of back of the box real quick because it really does quickly sum up what we're doing here. Um, so in a dystopian future where armies and the police were replaced <laughs> by robots and machines, their creator decided to take over the world. Now it's up to Bone. <laughs> Bones, a retired dog samurai from the special forces to fight against the robot menace alone. Oh man, they brought him back into the game. Yeah, Bones. It's he like was um, retired. It's like uh oh man, De- Demolition Man. Yeah, they they they, they unfroze Bones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, he was just cryogenically frozen from like the nineties. Like, what year is it? <laughs> Where's my partner? <laughs> rubble yeah. what do we do with the shells how do you wipe with the shells the three shells well they're making it i mean you we have this toilet paper shortage now this must be where the shell thing starts right oh my god that's brilliant yeah well so hungry bear develops dogger eye to be a total homage and ode to nes games as well as game boy games uh but fit in that dot matrix game boy frame It has a lot of Mega Man inspiration. You can choose your um, levels at your own will, whichever ones you want to start with. The only problem with it is that there's no kind of benefit to doing one level over the other. It's like um, Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge on Game Boy. You can choose which um, levels you want to play, but there's no benefit to it. 
Okay. So you're not really getting any like powers from people you beat or things like that? Yeah. And that's kind of one of the issues I have with it. Then again, it's not an issue. It's just something I wish there's no, you beat these essentially robot masters, just like Mega Man, but you don't get anything for it. You don't get their weapons or there's really no sub weapons or upgrades to your mechanics. But the good thing about that is that the combat is super fun. Uh, the controls are super tight. It feels a lot like Ninja Gaiden. Like that? Um, yeah, like really super tight controls. And, you know, I've been playing a lot of Sunsoft's Batman on NES. It yep. feels a lot like that, um, which is great. There's some challenging platform sections. Combat's a little laggy, uh, almost like that Batman. You know how you have to kind of push the punch button a little bit before it actually hits? Yeah, or you got to put your TV on game mode. Do you remember to do that? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Um but it's uh, it's really good. I really like it. There's some really frustrating, like obligatory piston portions that drove me nuts that I texted you about that I was going to throw my switch against the wall. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I kind of wish it was like on a Game Boy cart and I could play it on a Game Boy. It almost fits itself too tightly in the Game Boy frame. Uh, they don't do anything that the Game Boy couldn't do, which is great, but also kind of felt like there was a little bit something missing. Maybe it was just not being able to upgrade the weapon at all. But I mean, it's great. And it's a really good game. And, you know, thank you for uh, sending me something in my wheelhouse. And you can cut bullets in midair, which is really cool. Almost that every projectile cool. sent at you, you can slice and it gets shot into, you know, chopped up into a few different pieces. It's great. If it was a Game Boy game, it'd be on the, the top 10 Game Boy games of all time. Wow, that's high praise. So yeah, it's, it's a, a dog. great Game Boy game. He's a dog and he's a samurai. That's right. He's what a police dog? dog. He's a police dog. It's hard to say. He's floppy. He looks like Snoopy a little bit. He's floppy-eared. You know when Snoopy's walking on his hind legs, like doing the dancing that he does? Yeah, yeah. He looks like that. He's like a beagle. The beagle. Yeah, so he's a beagle. Okay. But it's it's good. I mean, it's really, really good. It's funny. I kind of barreled through it because I do like trying to beat the games uh, before we review them. And I barreled through it really quickly this week and then found myself today kind of wishing that there was more to play. And there are things you can do after you beat it. But yeah, I really I loved it. I think it is probably one of the better indie games I played. Cool. Yeah. So good work, Hungry Bear. And I gave you In Bento. That's right. From uh, from dogs to cats over here. From dogs to cats. Um, This is a little puzzle game. Uh, made by Afterburn Games. Uh, the previous titles, they did Golf Peaks. I don't know if you remember that. You kind of hit a golf ball like up a mountain over weird like... No, I don't think I actually heard that. Oh, it's a, that was a cool little game too. Um, it's uh, it's not that expensive in Bento. It's I think it was only like five bucks. Uh, I totally recommend it. It's a little puzzle game. Really? It's, it's incredibly cute. Uh, from the description, open your cookbook, grab a lunchbox, and start preparing exceptional bento meals through the amazing puzzles in in bento. 100 levels of bento box brain teasers. I think I added that. Punchline, life of a modern cat can be stressful. Why don't you pause uh, EAWS for mm. a second and relax Disgusting with and rounds. beautiful. Yeah, of in bento. You know, um, I didn't know it was a puzzle game. I just knew, I just saw that it was cats making food. Yeah. And I thought it was silly enough to shoot it your way. Yeah, it's totally charming. So what um, kind of what's the mechanics of the puzzle operation? They give you a little box to fit these essentially little tile pieces in that consist of rice and, you know, fish and you have to match the pattern so you're by making a bento box. Yeah, you're making a bento box. Oh, You're a cat cool. making a bento box. It's cute overload. And uh, you keep giving me these adorable, charming little games. It's like, you know, I have a history of high blood pressure and heart disease, you know? <laughs> exactly. And anxiety and depression. This one looked cute, but it also looked incredibly odd. So I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Um, but I'm glad. I'm always glad that, um, you know, I can recommend something that works out and I'll probably download it myself now. I, lo I love having a few good puzzle games and that's why I don't have Dr. Mario on my Switch. Yeah, exactly. This is um, great. It's a recommend. Uh, it's it's cute. It's charming. It's priced to move. Um, yeah, they did a great job on this game. Nice that's work, great. Afterburn Games. This was, uh, this was very cool. I had very a lot cool. of fun with it. Two thumbs up from us. Now it's time for the inaugural Gabe's Bargain Bin. Games for a buck or less. 
What do you got for us, Gabe? So today on Gabe's Bargain Bin, I have a game called Membrane, which, Dad, I believe you thought your game was cheap. Well, Membrane <laughs> is nine cents. <laughs> it was nine cents on the eShop. It's That's amazing right. that there's games for nine cents. Yeah. Talk to us about a game. <laughs> Tell me what you got for your nine cents for your it's piece of bazooka. It's a puzzle game where you can shoot like little pellets and make blocks so you can walk on and stuff. Okay. Um, you can make bridges. You they're bendy, which the motto of the game is "Build, bend, and break your world." It all takes place inside this animated guy's head. You're like this little guy with a triangle nose thing. Okay. You're into noses. Old triangle yeah. nose. Yeah. <laughs> Detective triangle and- nose. Steve triangle nose. Mm-hmm. Steve Triangle Nose. It's actually a Triangle Nose. Triangle Nose. Trio- mm. Triage French. Nose. Yeah, yeah, it's French. Triage will not. Yeah, what did, I, what did I say? French? Yeah, whoa, whoa. What are we talking about? French? So, Gabe, walk me through a level. Like, what's the first level? Uh, Well, the first level, you... The first level is basically just build a bridge across some purple toxic water, which okay. toxic so water the, should be green. Is <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. You know, the is the goal always to get like from A to B, like you're trying to get from one side of the screen to the other. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. And there's like little worlds. It's like Mario. You go. Okay. It's inside a guy's body, so you start off in the brain, and oh, it goes okay. all the way to like his hand. Oh, okay. That's um, cool. The description for the game is: Membrane is a creative action puzzle game in which you build, bend, and break your world around you while experimenting to create your own solutions. Solutions. Bendy bridges, wobbly ladders, and shaky structures are just the beginning of what you'll make to test the limits of this weird day-glow world. Well said, Also, nine cents. Nine cents? So, Mm -hmm. nine nine cents. Nine cents, and it's a pretty good game for nine cents. Yeah. uh, It got some good Nintendo Life, nine out of ten. Pure Nintendo, Mm. nine out of ten. Jesus. And Brian Brian Altano from IGN said it's Beavis and Butthead meets Super Mario, apparently. Wow, so like my whole 90s. You're, it's just a 90s burrito. It's just wrapped up there for you. That's it's delicious. You know, it's really interesting. I was reading something recently about why there's this extreme discount on games. And it's really just to get highlighted in that kind of top of the deals section. And some people are, you know, discounting their games from $19 to five or four just to be kind of at the top for that top of mind awareness. But nine cents, that's got to be the lowest I've ever heard. Yeah, priced to move. <laughs> priced to move, exactly. In the past year, some very violent and offensive games have reached the market. And of course, I'm speaking about Night Trap. And let me say that for the record, I want to state that Night Trap will never appear on a Nintendo system. Will never appear on a Nintendo system. Will never appear on a Nintendo system. There it is. Oh. Nitro. It's enchanted. God, so good. That, of course, a clip of Nintendo of America's Howard Lincoln testifying in front of Congress that Night Trap will never come to a Nintendo system. So, uh, guys, we all played Night Trap on a Nintendo system this week. <laughs> yep, and, sure did. And uh, <laughs> can we get Howie on perjury or I'd like contempt to try. or something? I don't know how the courts work. But times change for video games, and uh, this is not nearly uh, the deal that it used to be. Um it's T for Teen. It's on the eShop. We all dug into it. Uh, here's a quick, let me give you the elevator pitch. Uh, Sega CD, 1992. No one owned one. I didn't own Did you own one, Todd? I, I didn't, but a friend of mine did, and that was good enough because he lived on my block. So we kind of sure. shared consoles that, especially when they started branching off to 32Xs and Sega CDs and all that. Sure. But we did not own Night Trap. We both came from very Catholic families, went to Catholic school, and they totally bought into the Senate hearings, and there was no chance that we had of playing it. This is actually the first time that I've actually had a chance to play it. Right. Well, that, there's a devil in that disc, son. <laughs> there's a devil. Praise be. There's the devil in that disc. 
Uh, so it was all FMV, full motion video. Right. Um, and you press certain buttons at certain times and watch certain cameras. Uh, you flip through cameras and you tr- what you tried to do was save girls uh, from vampires that were in a house having a sleepover. The backlash was pretty intense for a game this tame. Uh, the game was guilty of promoting gratuitous violence and sexual aggression against women, apparently. And uh, it prompted toy retailers like Toys R Us and KB Toys to pull the game from the shelves. Sega got cold feet. They ceased production entirely the following month. This game, along with Mortal Kombat, uh, was in the crosshairs of a 1993 Senate committee hearing. The creators were called sick. They were called disgusting. uh, And the game was likened to child abuse. Gabe, do you feel that I abused you by making you play Night Trap in any way? (laughs) Be honest, Gabe. I want to hear the truth. No, the game isn't violent at all. The most violent thing in the entire game is Hall 2. There's a trap where you drop the augers into fire. Yeah, that there is you go. literally the most violent thing. And that was real fire. Some actors, you know, risked oh, yeah, their lives for this. They're yeah, dead, they're dead now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is... Sacrificed. This is incredibly tame, considering Gabe and I were playing Ski Sniper just three weeks ago. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Call back to Ski Sniper there. Uh, if, if you haven't checked it out, it's on the eShop, and you just sh- shoot skiers going off a ski jump. This is a tame game... But at the time, the Senate absolutely hated it and thought it was ruining young lives. Instead of enriching a child's mind, these games teach a child to enjoy inflicting torture. Mortal Kombat and Night Trap are not the kind of gifts that responsible parents give. Night Trap, which adds a new dimension of violence specifically targeted against women, is especially repugnant. It ought to be taken off the market entirely, or at the very least, its most objectionable scenes should be removed. It has been quite a leap from Pac-Man to Night Trap. Shame on people that produce that trash. It's child abuse in my judgment. And of course, as we know, uh, out of this, uh, the ESRB was born. And now you can see uh, M.A. for Mature, T for Teen, E is for Everyone. This way I'll know what games will turn Gabe into a gun-toting maniac. Um, yeah. And which and ones can, yeah. will make him in a, a model citizen. I, it's, it's, I mean, it's absolutely wild to think that anything these things were said specifically about Night Trap. And it just goes to prove that there's no way that any of these senators played the game. No, of course not. Someone told them about something and then they just right. they showed with them it. a scene or two and they made the worst of it. But at the end of the day, everything that they're talking about, about us killing women or, you know, disgusting violence against women, the goal of the game is to save the women. Yeah, it's to be the hero and to stop these guys. And this is all this is borderline slapstick comedy. Oh, it's as camp as it gets. And it's, I think it was designed to be campy. It's silly. You watch eight rooms, these guys sneak in, it's almost a Benny Hill sketch, and then you hit the B button, and a bookshelf spins around like Scooby-Doo. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it was designed to be ridiculous, to pad themselves against this. Yeah, Everything that happened, that everything that was talked about about this game, all of this was padded by, you know, initially the game was supposed to be ninjas. So you can imagine that people were going to be murdered with like swords and, you know, all sorts of actual violence. They specifically made these guys walk around like hobbled elves, put them in trash bags and then made them toothless and gave them these weird devices to take blood out, then instead of actually having them use even vampire teeth to suck blood like directly from them, they they chose the sa- they what they thought was the safest route. And you know what? One thing that I read that I thought was really cool, because I'm such a big fan, is this initially was going to be a game based on Nightmare on Elm Street. That would have been super cool. Oh, I know, right? Because you know what? As much as I don't like the way that the full motion video plays... I'm a little enchanted by it. I don't love I, the game, but there's I think, something about it that I like. 
I think it's great, and I think its legacy is QuickTime events. Yeah, I think, you're right. That that's, I think the QuickTime events definitely have DNA with this for sure. Yeah, I I I don't mind this game at all. Yeah, well, tell, don't, tell I, me this: How did you feel? How did you feel the first time you hit the trap button, and all of a sudden you changed the movie? Yeah, it felt it felt cool, and, and you know what? That, that's like Netflix is just coming back around to this stuff. Where yeah, you, that whole Bandersnatch Gabe, stuff, right? Yeah, Bandersnatch. Gabe, you play that one with the guy who survives in the wild, right? Tell me about that one. You versus wild, yeah. He's Bear Grylls. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Just, he, he, he's like a bunch of episodes. You can choose whether he's in the forest or in the middle of the Arctic. And basically, you just come across situations, and you get to choose like whether you should paraglide down the hill, ski down the hill, call in a chopper. Right. To it's take right. You. I mean, I that- always put him at the most risk. And he seems fine with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what most people do. But I mean, the obviously this game, the full motion video games and what we're talking about with Netflix, that all comes from these, you know, the choose your own adventure books. Yeah. But I think this game actually got it right. I don't I listen, I don't like the game, but stop it's right still there. enchanting. Stop. <laughs> it's still enchanting. I mean, stop. there's still nah. fight. Fight! This is a fight right now because I think That's, this is a good game. And I th- no, I no, you don't. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I think this then, is a good game. I think it's a good game. I think they did something weird here, and I think it paid off. And I laughed. And I thought the it was only silly. reason that we're talking about the game right now is because of the Senate hearings and the mystique that it created. We're not talking about Sewer Shark. We're talking about Night Trap. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. But I still think it's an average game, but a game that did something. That no one else had done correctly. What did this cost in the eShop? A game that's brilliantly directed. Was this $15? I think so. I think we actually kind of hit it on a on a quarantine deal where everyone's lowered their prices so that, you know, you can nice buy work. as much as you can. Here's another but, quick question for you. Is that your crying baby or mine? Oh, that's definitely yours. Mine is, mine? is now sleeping through the night, luckily. So you will be there soon, my friend. Or we oh. do both have new children that are just a few months apart. Yes, we do. And if you hear any crying, that is uh, just my little girl. So yeah. there just, you go. Uh, just exercise in her lungs. Yep. And uh, and what are, what are you doing in the house right now? Keeping her safe and protecting her. Yeah. With uh, no this, different than Night Trap. I with this system I installed. Um, with this code that does. And, and you know what? Every seven minutes, I have Gabe call out a color, and <laughs> all day long. <laughs> All day it's a long. good thing that he's home from school or else right. he'd be totally lost. Gabe, what are we on now? What's the color? Uh, m- vegetable asparagus color. Vegetable asparagus color. <laughs> I don't a nice, know. A nice, a nice it's light like green. Crayola colors. Crayola colors? Gabe, I need a real yeah, color. Like Robin's egg blue. Your little sister's Robin's life egg. is on the line. What Robin- color is it, Gabe? <laughs> we're doing Robin's egg blue. That's what we're doing. That's Tiffany blue, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it is the little blue box. It's the color, the color of romance, the color of love. Yeah, we've gone way the hell off road. Uh, yeah. Well, so, so hang on, we'll bring it back around. See, see, these people are crazy. So my biggest problem with the game is oh, you, you have problems with the game. I thought this was such a great game. Well, it is. It's 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 a great game, and I think TV mainstay Dana Plato does a wonderful job. But here's the thing: you want to play. But you also want to watch the story, and you're always looking for intruders or the augers, which pull you away from the dialogue constantly, so you never know what's going on. There are literally moments where you have to flip from the bathroom to the hallway and take out augers with traps while there's a whole conversation going down in the living room telling you what's going on with the plot. Now, I had no idea what was going on in this game the entire time I played it. Gabe and I- Well, no, it is not. Gabe and I got to the end of the game. We played it. We got through the whole 25-minute story. We both had totally different ideas of what was going on. Gabe wrote down what he thought happened. I wrote down what I thought happened. Gabe, would you do me a favor and please read your prepared remarks? Yes. Insert paper sound effects here. You don't have to. You did. You you, you did that on your own. There you go. It's like a radio drama. Yeah. And then he ran to the bathroom. The shadow knows. Night Trap is a very hard game to understand. Well, sometimes. Dad says that the story makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. True. I think I have a pretty good understanding. 
Not true. So I do. <laughs> so the Martins sell wine to a family called the Augers. The Augers happen to be vampires. When the Martins stopped delivering wine to them, the Augers went crazy because the wine is what they live off of. <laughs> they went on a they went on a rampage at the Martins' house. I believe that SCAT is a military branch dedicated to killing vampires. They were hired by Eddie Auger, who appears in the Eddie beginning Auger. of the game. That's weird, Eddie. He's just one of the neighbors. He's really cute now. <laughs> it's so Eddie close Auger. to Eddie Munster. Yeah. yeah, right. Remember in the beginning when there's the random Eddie guy and they bully yeah. him and he runs off? Yeah, and they're like, That's I believe just he's Eddie. an Auger. Yeah. Yeah. Weird Eddie. Bye, the Augers, Eddie. The Augers Die, live Eddie. down the road a spell. Yeah, weird, weird Eddie's. He also has a discount stereo shop. <laughs> He's got a discount stereo shop. Weird Eddie Auger. Okay, sure. And they and they need that wine. Eddie Auger is the is the only non evil vampire, so he hides from the rest. He hides that from the rest of the Augers. Also, his prices are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> if you noticed at fifteen thirty in the game, Eddie Auger appears and doesn't try to kill the teenager. I forget which one. So Eddie hired Scat to kill his evil family and tried to help Kelly and her friends. Okay. I'd imagine before the game starts that while the Martins were delivering the wine, they got bitten and turned into vampires. They went home to Tony and bit Tony. Tony and the Martins don't say anything about being evil until the augers take over the house. All the traps are there to protect the Martins from Scat. Right. There. So the Scat end. is actually Scat is actually working with the Martins? No. The traps are there to prevent Scat from getting to the Martins. Oh, okay. Okay. The wine business so, is just dangerous. Right, exactly. <laughs> high st- it's a high stakes it's, game. It's a high stakes game. You cut people off. Was this during Prohibition? Why are they why are the augers so riled up? Well, I, I actually, when I first, because the, the wine scene is one of the few ones you get to see often because it's one of the first scenes. And right, I thought they before, were actually just bottling blood. Guys. Yeah, I thought it was, they were bottling blood. And they were just like, you know, saying it was wine. Right. I, 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 I went in expecting it to be full, violent camp. I, I thought it was Boku. Sometimes I don't want, sometimes, sometimes I want, I want an adult beverage. I don't want any alcohol. I want a Boku. <laughs> Boku. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. For everyone that doesn't know what Mike's talking about, Boku was a beverage um, touted by Richard Lewis. Lewis, that's right. And it was what, a vegetable drink, uh, like a juice? It was like, yeah, it was for like alcoholics who wanted a drink when they were out but didn't want alcohol. <laughs> was it? I have no idea. I think it has nothing to do with that. It was like I think fruit it was juice, just a juice drink. For it adults. was a juice. It was, yeah, it was a juice box, but it was for like, you know, it was for alcoholics. And somehow we got to talking about Boku on our Night Trap podcast. Hey, listen, in episode zero, we say we're going to be talking about snacks, so. Yeah, we'll do a Boku episode. <laughs> we absolutely will not. No, no, After we After we will. do a Mario Payne episode. That's fine. I'll trade you one for one. Fair enough. Sometimes I want to stay in. I don't want to go out. I want a Boku. You know? <laughs> Amazing. Gabe, I think that you actually came up with a better story than what I researched to be the actual story. Yeah. Maybe I did. I yeah, think it's really very well done. You wanna you wanna hear my train wreck of a take? I nothing would it. give me greater pleasure. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, okay, so this uh, this is the truth. Okay, Fair enough. just so, this is the this is the true version, right? Uh, uh, the gospel according to Eddie Auger. So, uh, two swinger vampires bring their whoopsie total mistake of a daughter and her very naive friends for a sleepover in a house that has more tricks than Legends of the Hidden Temple. For some reason, <laughs> putties from Power Rangers show up, <laughs> about a hundred of them, and they're pissed at Dana Plato for some reason. But it's okay, because Scat is on the case. So there's a mustache guy, and <laughs> they know all about this vampire scheme, but apparently can't do anything to stop it. It's all on me and the Scooby-Doo bookshelves to save Different Strokes' darling Dana Plato. Mm-hmm. From, from what I can gather from the cutscenes that they don't let us watch at all, Tony has a very long sweater, right. and it's enough of a sweater to sweater a small country. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. he shoots he shoots lightning, which is badass. Yes, uh, and he also has some pretty banging sunglasses. 
That he never uh, takes off. That he never takes off. And he shouldn't. Um, of course. The kitchen may very well be the family ties kitchen. Someone email me about that and confirm, please. That's the family ties kitchen. It's the family it's a ties very kitchen. 80s kitchen, but you might be exactly on the mark. I thought it was a TGIF kitchen, but you might no, be right with the family no. ties kitchen. It feels exactly like the family ties kitchen. Anyway, so, oh, and also Tom Hanks did a two-parter on family ties. So he's yep, kind of connected right. to Night Trap if that's the family ties kitchen. And I want that connection more than anything. Yeah, so, Tom Hanks is involved. Yeah, he is. He he was EP. So to sum up. <laughs> they, got, Tony, they gave him that? That's great. So Tony is the hero, but he gets Scooby-Doo down a staircase. Tony is the hero. Yeah. And Miss Plato thanks us for killing him, even though he's by far the only interesting character in the game. In the end, all the vamps fall to the traps, and I end up missing Tony terribly. The end. Yeah. yeah. Tony. I think that Tony's great. I, I will say that. But I really think they're all great. <laughs> they're all they're all great in their own way. But Tony, yeah, I mean Tony just a little more than everyone else. Right. I I'm really kind of happy that I got to play this now rather than then cuz I think I might have taken it a bit more seriously then. Yeah. Um I again as campy as it feels, um I think I probably would have taken it seriously in the early 90s. What was it 92, right? That it was released? Yep. But now being able to treat it like this historical document of the early 90s, late 80s, it um, I just love everything about it. I think the Martins that supremely overact uh, every one of their lines, I think they're just uh, – I, I and again, like you say, the biggest problem is that you want to watch the story, but you can't because you have to keep up with the codes and trapping yeah. the invaders. It's like changing but, the ch- It's like changing the channel for the commercials. You know? Right, exactly. But you have to realize that it's as much as I want to play bad cop, that's a brilliant design decision because it's a distraction. It's the same reason that you fall off a platform in a platform. It's the same reason that you get shot in a first person shooter. They put that in there to make sure that you don't finish the game in one take. And it's the only thing that gives it any sort of replayability is so that you can either try to watch more of it or actually kind of disengage from the story in order to get through the game. Right. The, um, uh, breaking contact is just, I, I, it just, it really bums me out every time the guy tells me I failed and I let too many of them in. You're talking about the, uh, creative game over screen where the, uh, one of the commanders of scat tells you that they're breaking contact with you and you're on your own and they're now leaving you. And uh, they're going to manage it on their own. Yeah. But what's really cool is one time the guy was like, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in that house and you're never going to get to see it. And Gabe and, and, Gabe and I were like, <laughs> did he really? Yeah. There, there was some. And I was like, what? But he's right. There's an air band session of, uh, you know, girls singing tennis rackets. She plays a good tennis racket. And it's not she, like Meg, a, Megan's it's, the funny one. And she, she is so funny. She is the funny one. Good for her. Mm. So, so to, so to put a pin or, or to put a bow on this segment, um, there was one more quote we found by a man named Mark Slauka, who- we, Yes, at yeah, the Senate hearings. Yeah, at the Senate hearings. He, said, yeah, the, he yeah. said, the game allows players to inflict pain without responsibility, without consequences. The punctured flesh will heal at the touch of a button. The screen disappears into cyberspace. Cyberspace. So, right, cyberspace. So, so it's so nice. It's, it's so Tony. And then yeah, and I was I was kind of taken with that. I thought that it was really poetic. Yeah, and I thought that to put all of my feelings about Night Trap into, um, I thought I'd try to put it into a cheesy eighth grade poem, being that this is a cheesy eighties movie. And I and I love this. So I I love this form of expression. Uh Let's do it. You're in the back of, yeah, so uh, you know, of, this of, is of English a- <laughs> class. You're scribbling in your yes, book. Exactly. A poem entitled Breaking Contact, inspired by the game Night Trap. Okay. Spotlight on a girl with green glowing eyes. Uh-huh. If this was Scooby-Doo, that would totally be a disguise. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Loping trash bag, clad zombies enter on cue, hit the B button, or drop them down a chute. Story begins bottling wine, special deliveries, 
Are these old people the vampires? Is that the mystery? Wait, crap. Back to the intruders barreling along like drunk elves. B button again. Send them spinning behind bookshelves. Mm-hmm. And back to the story. This game is easier than I thought. Just mash the B button until all the augers are caught. Pretty sure I can beat this without having to react. Wait, what? Breaking contact? <laughs> all right, let's let try we, this again. You let way too many augers in, buddy. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. I'll try this again. The girls arrive and one of them scat, and I really can't think of a more appropriate acronym than that. Mm -hmm. A few minutes later, you guessed it, breaking contact. Full motion video was the future, they say. Too bad it has the replayability of a bale of hay. Okay, I'm back at it. Listening for codes as the girls sway and sing into rackets. Yep, that dance worked to distract. Here we go again. Blah, 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 blah. Say it with me, Mike. Breaking Breaking contact. contact. You let way too many guys get in there. (laughs) No time to sit and watch a story, even though the acting's like an episode of Maury and memorizing colored lights just doesn't have enough bite. Again at the intro, and I'm confused as ever. I'm smashing that B button, but missing the lever. Augur's over on the house again, ready to extract, and here comes the alert. Breaking Breaking contact. So 25 years later, and I'm finally playing this game, although it seems time has made it incredibly tame. Or lame. Choose your rhyme there. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the Napa Valley will never be Transylvania. I've wasted so many hours on this when I should have been playing Castlevania. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. I feel like I've exercised my feelings about this um, thoroughly. Yeah. You know what? It's a uh, it's a great note to go out on. Uh, that's Night Trap. That's Night Trap. Look, it was your job to protect Kelly and the rest of those girls. From what I've just seen, the place is being overrun. You've missed way too many of those suckers. Until you figure out how to do your job, you're dismissed. Breaking contact. So before we go, we have some questions and comments from email, Facebook, Todd, Stuff yeah, a whole pe- bunch. We have, a, people- we have a few emails that came in, a few different comments on Facebook, and we also have our first Facebook challenge with a $15 eShop gift card as a prize. Which, by the way, we should clarify, which we realized after, there's no such thing as a $15 <laughs> right, eShop right, gift exactly. card. So we will send Just you- Just to show you yeah, we will send how much you- research we put into things. <laughs> we will send you a $5 one and a $10 code for a total of 15 If that doesn't work out, we promise we will round up to 20 Exactly. And next time we will do a little bit more research on gift cut shop credit before we decide to start a contest. Or we won't. So a few questions that have come in. The first one's from Noel H. Who, sa- who asks, is it safe to buy retro games online and have them shipped to me right now during all the coronavirus scare? It's a really good question. Uh, I, yeah, it's a good question. So I actually am having things shipped to me, uh, retro yeah, games me too, of course. from eBay. I know you are too. Um, what I do is I wipe them down with Clorox at the door with Clorox wipes, if you can find them. I also wear gloves. I wipe down the box, then I wipe down the game, and then I let it sit for a couple of days, and then I feel okay that I've killed all the germs on it. But I would just take yeah. uh, I would take a few precautions. Yeah, you know, I've always um, I've always cleaned at least the pins uh, pretty thoroughly before even trying to put it into any of the systems that I have. So this is just kind of another step to that. But I'd say, you know, just like any other piece of mail that you get, just be a little bit more careful. Yep, totally. And certainly, you know, keep them coming. Tom P asks, have you ever, have you heard about the review bombing for Animal Crossing because you can only have one island per switch? Thoughts? Yeah, I think people need to shut up. Like what's the, what's the, (laughs) what's the big problem? Like, yeah, Yeah, I don't play Animal Crossing, so I'm going to leave this to you and Gabe. I have Animal Crossing. Gabe has Animal Crossing. We both have different islands. Uh, My little one, uh, Charlie, is playing on my Switch and he's playing on my island and I don't care. It's fine. Right. It's an, it's, it's just, it's whatever. It's an island. There's room for everyone to play. I actually have no idea about that. Do you have your own switch? Yeah. So you and Mike uh, can have different islands. Yeah. I think I, I think I brought a tarantula infestation to Gabe's Island. Yeah. As you should. (laughs) Yeah. As you should. Every time I play, I encounter like six tarantulas. I have to jump on board. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, it's just, 
you know, just buy it and collect some apples. Do whatever you got to do, you know? Yeah. Alex V asks, what games or game are you and the kids playing in isolation? Well, I guess that kind of folds right into Animal Crossing. You guys are both still playing Animal Crossing. We are, but... And like you just said, like you just mentioned, you guys are kind of playing it together. Are you purposely sending him tarantulas or uh, are I you mean, sharing we, islands just for fun? Yeah, we visit each other, you know, every now and then. We, we haven't played in a few days. I've uh, been a little busy, but what we have been playing, which has been a riot... And we've been playing me and Gabe and uh, my four-year-old Charlie, um, totally reliable delivery service. Is that what it's called, Gabe? It's oh, so okay. fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's so um, stupid. It makes me laugh so much. Yeah, we we have a lot of laughs. It's super stupid. You just pull a lever, it gives you a package, and then it's like, go bring it to this place. But you know, it's got like human fall flat kind of physics. It's got real or like okay. or like goat simulator kind of physics. It's really like weird and wobbly and like explosions send you flying across the map. Sounds and- like the uh, cute version of Death Stranding. <laughs> right, exactly. It's the cute version of Death Stranding. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a cute version of delivering packages. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and it's just like the triggers lift, uh, grab things and then the shoulder buttons lift your arms and you can load things into airplanes. Like, you know, you can, you have fun moments where like, you know, Gabe's flying an airplane and I'm hanging onto the wing with a package in my other hand, you know, and I'm just kind of hanging off and I'm like, get us there. And it's all timed, um, (laughs) you know, for, for different medals and different achievements and things like that. It's, um, it's great. We've been having a lot of laughs with that. I know the reviews have been a little soft, a little cold on the game, but uh, if you have kids, um, highly recommend. You guys will have you will have a lot of fun with this game. Uh, we've been laughing a lot, so it's great. Totally reliable delivery service. We've been playing a ton of uh, Mario Maker Two, and my wife, for the first time, I think, in our very long history together has been turning the switch on to play by herself. Interesting. Yeah, because the um, story mode just has these really great fun courses that you can kind of bang out in two or three minutes or, you know, 15 or 20 if it takes you 20 tries. And some of them are really challenging, but they're all super fun. And now we've gotten to the point where we're starting to make courses and it's just a game that has unlimited replayability. I think there's, what, three or four million courses that have been uploaded now. Yeah. Uh, that you can download and play through. And the story mode is actually a really great addition because the courses there are just really brilliantly designed. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we've been playing a lot of that. Cool. Now, I just wanted to share one thing. Uh, Michael Focarelli of Game Over Long Island wanted to share a Night Trap memory. So I figured we should share that. He said, Night Trap allowed you to control and affect the outcome of a movie, which he's right. I mean, it certainly feels that way when you nail it. Yeah. He said... At the time, it seemed like a really big deal to us. The Sega Genesis and by extension, the Sega CD were really marketed as a console for badasses and games like Night Trap really confirmed it for us. Or he said, while other kids were playing Mario Kart, me and my friends were playing a game that was borderline an R-rated horror movie. As a 13-year-old, this made you feel really cool. Me and my friends were convinced it was the future of gaming and it ended up being nothing more than a footnote in the history of video games, but the nostalgia I have for FMV or full motion video will last forever. So happy to see them being remastered and being re-released on current consoles. Yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people that share that enthusiasm for the game, especially people that sh- that played it as a young adult when it came out. Yeah. Now, this week, as a special mini contest, we asked for people to submit their favorite Nintendo memories for a chance to win a $15 eShop gift card or $5 and $10 or $20, depending on how we ever, how we figured out. Right. We're doing our best, I promise. Right. Now, here are the memories you all shared with us. Ivan R. shared blowing on an NES SNES cartridge to make them work and not to mention using pliers to turn the box TV knob to channel three. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I forgot all about knob TVs. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, of course, blowing in cartridges is one of our, you know, kind of favorite, least favorite memories of it. Mm-hmm. Tracy B writes, when the games would freeze and you'd smack the top of the unit to get it going. That I forgot about, too. Some, yeah. I remember blowing into it, but smacking the top of uh, a front loader. Yeah, I mean, usually you just get the... Right. It it usually didn't help and it was more out of frustration, but sometimes it did it. Sometimes it would jump it. Yeah. Sometimes it would. 
Megan C wrote in, remember when you realized you could give up on the track and field power pad and just <laughs> drop to your knees and start wailing on the thing? Only wait a minute, win in my house. Uh, yeah, Megan, definitely. That was Megan was clearly a fancy person because uh, she was a power pad house. I had a power pad. Yeah. Did you? I did not have a power pad. I had a power pad and yeah, you could just you could just drop down and you could just smack the things with your hands and So it was it was faster to kind of use your hands than your feet. That kind of sounds uh kinda. You know, I don't know. I'd have to go back and 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 check it out. I guess either way it was fun and like we always say, gaming should be fun. It should be fun. And it was Frank D writes in. Yeah, I'm sure. Frank D writes in, I remember getting the power glove immediately after seeing it in The Wizard uh, and never being able to use it effectively, of course. Yeah, it's probably the story of most people. The Wizard, the movie that featured the power, power glove and uh, was the first glimpse we saw of Super Mario 3, I think encouraged a lot of people to ask for that power glove and many of them were never able <laughs> to use it yeah. to any sort of an advantage. If you got that glove to do anything, write in and tell us about it. Yeah, exactly. So SuperNintendads at gmail.com. <laughs> so exactly. Call you a liar. Yeah. No SuperNintendads at gmail.com. Write in and tell us any memory you has of, uh, have about the Power Glove because we know you're lying if you said you did anything good with it. Right. If you did anything other than cut the cord off of it and wear it as part of a costume, <laughs> you're, exactly. you're totally to lying. To be your, your own Captain N. Yeah, totally. Uh, Celestina S wrote in finding out about the cheat up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, a, B start and, or B, a start and using it. Honestly, first cheat I ever known. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Cheat codes are always cool. First time you realize that you could cheat any game was a really special moment for everyone. I agree. Yeah. It was like kind of a little bit of feeling of power and then kind of wondering you know i think that it kind of morphed into the fatalities in mortal Kombat, right and like street fighter uh special moves yeah. all of a sudden every game had some sort of a special combination you needed to know in order to kind of get the most out of it yeah and lastly ryan p wrote in honest answers only who didn't know the main character in zelda's name was link until years later the yes answers are almost always funny stories if you can find them yep yeah, I'm pretty sure I thought, I don't know necessarily, but I think I was probably pretty sure that the main character's name was Zelda for a while. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's, I don't remember, I guess until, well, The Adventures of Link, right? Was the second exactly. one. Exactly, I was just going to say, that's when I was, it kind of, it kind of all clicked. You go and you pick that up at the store and you're like, oh. Who is Link? <laughs> yeah, I don't like this Link guy. Right. Where's that nice elf chap, Zelda, who wore that green outfit? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for that uh, elf chap. Uh, yeah. He well, was... we're happy to announce the winner is Frank D. Ah, oh, hey. Congratulations, Frank, Frank. D. Yeah, you got it, Frank. Send us an email to supernintendads at gmail.com to collect your prize, and we hope you put it to good use. Thank you, everyone, for playing. We'll announce our next contest in coming weeks. I guess there's really nothing left to do nothing at all that's it show's over i think the show's over except escape the show oh, oh jesus uh can we do a mario paint episode no you keep asking me that we're not doing one unless we can do whatever it was i said earlier in the show that i traded you for that i can't remember right now uh uh coins or rings rings really jesus yeah okay they fine. just make a better sound all right can i interest you in a wii u mini <laughs> oh, you cannot! No, you cannot! <laughs> Jeez. Uh, do farts in Samus's suit make it to her helmet? <laughs> Absolutely not. There's definitely a various system that gets them out. Okay. Um, is Thrilla Gorilla from TNC Surf Design a Kong in disguise? Does Donkey Kong in the woods? <laughs> I think it's back to you. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's a question. All right, Dr. Kawashima's brain training. Do you think that actually works? Yeah. Yeah, I think it made a few people smarter. All right, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Wario, basement apartment? Yes, lives with his mom. Okay. Magic of Sherazad or Nobagumba's Ambition? Which one's the worst title? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even say Num Num Jabba's Ambition. That's the worst title. 
Okay. Uh, is the world Agreed. ready for a gay RoboCop? <laughs> yes, I would say so. I think we are. Would you have any interest in Kirby Does His Taxes Deluxe? Yeah, I'd play that. <laughs> I'm sure you would. You would definitely buy it. I'd buy that. Oh, well, look at that. Oh, my God. We made it out alive. We're fine, I think. If anyone had any idea how difficult it was to make out of the show alive, they would be very proud of us. Yeah, it's not an easy thing. That's it for episode three of the Super Nintendad's Entertainment Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed our show, please share it with somebody that you think will like it. Gabe, anything from you, Mike? Well, Run Night Trap is not violent at all. Um, Goodbye. Fair point. Tony, if you're out there, email me. <laughs> Tony. Tony. I think it's time to look him up on IMDb. Yeah. He apparently had two or three other acting gigs and... Oh, because you already looked him up. I did. Of course you did. I looked him up and, dude, if you're out there and you still got that sweater and those shades, I'll buy... If you are out there buy and you still have that sweater or shades, reach out to us at Super Nintendads on Twitter yeah. or Super Nintendads at gmail.com. Tony from Night Trap at me. <laughs> Direct message. Direct message. You know that's his Twitter handle too, right? Tony from Night Trap. Right, right. If it's not, it's mine now. Thank you again for joining us. Um, please reach out to us at Super Nintendads on Twitter or SuperNintendads at gmail.com. And remember, gaming should be fun. See you soon.